Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. When God sets the challenge before you, amen, don't walk away. Walk up to that line and you accept the challenge because God wants to challenge you forward, not backwards. But I've come to tell somebody today, I'm challenging this church. Amen. Get out of your comfort zone. Get up from where you're at and begin to worship God like you've never worshipped Him. If we want revival, it's going to be meeting the challenge head on and saying, I will do what God challenges me to do. This place right now, come on, somebody just needs to tell Him thank you. Thank you, God, for visiting us today. Thank you, Lord, for allowing your presence, Lord, to intertwine with our spirits right now in this place as we've gathered together. Lord, we've chosen to come into the house of the Lord today and to worship our King. chapter 7 so good to see each and every one of you out here very chilly February morning place I would rather be in the house of the Lord amen I appreciate you being here today good crowd very good crowd God bless you Micah chapter 7 Micah is portraying a picture here. We dismiss our classes at this time. If they'd like to go with the children to their class, God bless them. Micah is portraying a picture that as I begin to read this scripture, it may sound very familiar to you. Not because of something that maybe you've heard from someplace else, but could be instance in which you are currently living out or know somebody that is we're living right now in a very divisive time a time where it seems like everybody has an opinion based upon what they feel rather than sometimes what the facts actually are but that's what our culture tells us how does it make you feel? That's the important thing, right? Isn't that what they say? If it feels good, do it. If, follow your feelings. Feelings aren't always correct. Micah begins to write, Trust ye not in a friend. Put ye not confidence in a guide. Keep the doors of thy mouth from her that lieth in thy bosom. For the son dishonoreth the father. The daughter rises up against her mother. The daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Man's enemies are the men of his own house. Micah is describing to us conflicts in the home where the relationships that should be closest are the ones that are seemingly most strained. Mother and father against child, child against 
mother, father, in-laws become outlaws. But Micah goes on to write, Therefore I will look unto the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. And I love this statement that he makes, My God will hear me. And then he goes on to write some words that you've heard so many preach on. You're going to hear it again today. When Micah makes the statement, Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. The challenges that we face are very real. The enemies that we have are dangerous. It's not that every day is going to be laced with the Holy Ghost and we'll be walking on cloud nine all time, all the time. But God lets us know that there will be challenges that we'll have to face. So I just want to preach to you this morning, challenged forward. Challenged forward. If you're going to be challenged, let the challenge that you face move you ahead, not behind. Let it move you forward, not backwards. Amen. If we're going to fight, let us fight a fight that is worth fighting. At the end of the day, when we're done facing the challenge, let us be a little bit closer to God than further away. Amen. If you're going to be challenged, let the challenge move you ahead. With the help of the Lord, I just want to preach to you, challenged forward. You may be seated. Thank you to our wonderful, wonderful singers and musicians today. A year like last year and really on into this year often causes me to kind of look back and reminisce, uh, to kind of go back to what brought me to where I am today. Uh, occasionally I like to reminisce back over the last 15 years that God has allowed us to serve here in this wonderful church as pastor. I can think of no place that I would rather be one way that I described it to somebody who asked, well, how's it going, pastoring? How's it going, you know, being the, the preacher at Landmark? I said, it's the hardest thing I've ever done, and I've never been happier. <laughs> kind of an oxymoron there just a little bit. In other words, what I'm letting them know is I face challenges. We as a church body face challenges. I as an individual, as a man, as a Christian, but more so as a pastor, I face challenges. I like to think back to that evening where it all began. We had gone over to some friend's house in the church we were attending at the time. It was the same day that this church, this handful of believers that were here, were voting whether or not that they would like for Mrs. Rice, Mr. Rice, and their three children to come and pastor this church. We were standing out in the yard of that friend's home and we were just conversing as we were about ready to leave when the phone rang and I pulled it out of my pocket and I, I said hello and on the other end 
it was uh, somebody from this church that greeted me and they just wanted me the first to congratulate me. They were still at the church. The meeting had just had just come to a close and they called to let me know that we had been voted in with a hundred percent vote to be the new pastor at Landmark Apostolic Church. Well, we were excited and scared all wrapped up in one. And, and as it proceeded to go through the different ones, I believe almost every single person that was here that night hopped on that phone to say, welcome, we're glad to have you. You know, we're so excited about your family coming. It probably took all of a minute and a half to two minutes because there was only about 16 voting members of this church at that time. My, how times have changed, right? Things are a little bit different than they were back in that day. We took on that challenge, and I think that we probably didn't quite understand what we were getting into. Not that you've been a bad group of people, but just the challenges of taking that role, they're, they're there. It doesn't matter how wonderful the church congregation is. And we were just following after the leading of the Lord Middle-aged family, three children, trying to figure things out, coming from a church where we were very comfortable, amen, enjoying the, the, the place and the position that we had in, in the Highland Church. We, we had a great pastor there. We had great congregation. We had a new building that we had just finished up building. All these things were going right, but there was something in our spirit that God would begin to speak with and deal with that we could not get away from. We would sit out on the front porch on Sunday mornings and discuss how happy we were, but how unsettled we were feeling. We were trying to understand what it was we were feeling and not really uh, comprehending what God was trying to do. And I'd even sought out counsel from different people with wisdom beyond the wisdom that I had because I couldn't figure it out. And they were they would tell me, God is stirring your nest. God is preparing you. He doesn't want you too comfortable here. And I just wanted to look at them and say, it's too late. We already like where we're at. We're happy here. I love my pastor. I love my pastor's family. I love the church. It was an amazing place to be. Why would God uproot us and take us to this church? It wasn't very long before we were met with even more challenges. You see, God won't always let you stay where you are comfortable. God likes to challenge his church. God likes to challenge his people. And he sure did a doozy on us when we moved to Sparta, Illinois. It was just a matter of a couple of weeks when I got my feet wet. See, it had always been real nice and easy. My pastor said, hey, I look at you as, as being right there alongside me. He didn't look at me as being underneath him. I always kept myself there. I knew where I, what my position was. I, I didn't overstep my boundaries. I wouldn't do that to him. I respected him too much, but he, he just told me, hey, go right ahead and pastor. If somebody comes to you and talks to you and they've got a problem, just go ahead and talk to them just as if you were their, their senior pastor. And so I would do that at times and I would try to take the load and the burden off my pastor at, at certain points uh, when things were a little too stressful for him and, and things were just a little too busy in his life and I would try to do what I could, but I always knew that when it got into 
deeper waters, when things got a little bit heavy, I always knew that there was a point that I could stop that person from talking to me and say, listen, I think I've helped you about all that I can help you. You need to go talk to the pastor. It was, it was liberating to have an out. You see, I could walk right up to that line. And when the challenge got a little bit too great for me, I could step back away from that line and invite my brother-in-law, who was the pastor, to come. This is your baby now. They're your problem now. Their issue is your situation uh, is for you to handle now. But it didn't take me long before it was midnight. I'd gone to bed. I had to get up early the next morning to go to work at FedEx. And I got a, uh, there a ringing at the door about midnight. I woke up out of a sleep. And if you know anything about me, that, that's not a really good place for me to be. I, I can't hardly think straight when I'm in a situation like that. And I made my way to the front door and I opened it up. And I thought, this better not be some Jehovah's Witness ringing on my door. But I don't know much about Sparta, but this better not be somebody trying to get me to come to their church at midnight. Some new method. And it wasn't. It was one of the dear saints of this church letting me know that one of our elders had to be rushed to the hospital and he had not, not survived. And so I found myself very early on stepping up to a challenge. Before, I could have just said, hey, brother-in-law of mine, I love you. You got a problem. <laughs> they need you at the hospital. Good night. I got to go to work in the morning. But now the challenge was mine, and I got my clothes on, and I got ready, and I rushed off to the hospital to console this wonderful family that called Landmark their home. And for the very first time, I, I realized I couldn't push the challenge off. I had to step up to the challenge. I had to face that challenge. But what I found was when I faced the challenge that it was God's way of moving me forward. It was God's way of intertwining me in the lives of these people that were hurting, these people that desperately needed a man of God to come and put his arm around him and say, it's going to be all right. When God sets the challenge before you, amen, don't walk away. You walk up to that line and you accept the challenge because God wants to challenge you forward, not backwards. Our second Christmas, if you might remember, we had garden hoses running through the church in order to provide water so that we could flush our toilets because our water lines had froze and busted. That was our second Christmas service. We were a few months in. I think it was our first winter here when we came in and turned the heat on and there was no heat and we had just saved enough money to just start being able to breathe a little easier. It wasn't much, but it was enough to where we had this little cushion and and I called the man in. I thought, well, we, we got the money to pay for this, a few hundred bucks, and we'll be on our way. I didn't expect him to say, your furnaces are shot. You're going to have to replace everything. One challenge after the next. And you would think after 15 years I could stand before you and tell you that we 
we've surpassed all the challenges, but every day I get up, it's a brand new challenge. Every day I get up, there's something else that God puts in our way. Amen. And he wants to know, are you willing to accept the challenge today? Amen. COVID-19 has set us back a little bit, but I want to know, is there a church here in Sparta that's willing to step up and accept the challenge and say, I will not go down. I don't care how sick everything is. I don't care how different everything is. I will serve God no matter what. Preach funerals. My heart felt like it was going to just be torn out of my chest. We said goodbye to friends that left us too soon. I can remember very vividly stepping up on the platform. One particular funeral. I had to preach that funeral. The place was full. We had, this church wasn't big enough. We had to go someplace else to, to have the funeral. And I had to put on this, this front like I have to lead this, this thing. I have, to, I have to be strong. But I didn't feel very strong. No, when I stepped up onto that platform to prepare for that funeral, I, I had to keep my back turned because on the inside of me, I was convulsing. The tears wouldn't stop. I felt like I was going to hyperventilate. But then God got a hold of me and said, Son, you just turn around you walk up to that pulpit and you meet the challenge and do you know what God did he sent his presence into a very dark situation when somebody was willing to accept the challenge amen if you'll accept the challenge God will never put you back into the corner God is getting ready to push us out into the limelight God's getting ready to give us revival if we will step up to the challenge God's church has never backed down from a challenge As a matter of fact, I'd have to say that sometimes it's the challenge that creates an even greater depth to our walk with God. You know one of the most dangerous things a church can face? One of the most dangerous things that we face as a church and as individuals is comfort. You want to say, well, I want to be comfortable. Friend, I can remember going to church when we didn't have air conditioning. We jammed a hundred and some odd people into a little storefront building. Amen. I can remember going to church when, when in the winter time we had, we had to run the air conditioner and crack the doors on a day like today. I remember very vividly when we had a bunch of people jammed into a little place. It wasn't very comfortable. They were shoulder to shoulder. It was too hot one day and too cold the next. Amen. There wasn't too much that we could do. But what we did when we got to church, we didn't worry about being comfortable. We worried about worshiping God we weren't there to be comfortable we were there to be challenged and we wanted to be challenged forward not backwards we wanted to step up and meet the challenge John wrote to the church of Laodicea he basically said this he said you think you're all right because you are wealthy and you have everything that you need But he stopped him right there and he said, the reality of it is, is that you are poor and you are wretched. Hit me right between the eyes. God, help us to not become lukewarm. Help us to worry more about the spiritual things and the physical things. John looked at that church and he said, you're comfortable. 
You got your big wingback chairs and you got your fancy robes. All the bills are paid. You've got everything you need. You're sitting back. You're saying, hey, things look pretty good right now. But John said, the Lord told me to tell you that your spirit is empty. Amen. That you've grown lukewarm. That you're in a dangerous spot. And if you don't come out of it, if you don't step up to the challenge, you see, because comfortable people don't like challenges. Comfortable people like to stay sitting in their chair. Comfortable people like to have their feet rubbed. Comfortable people like to to have somebody drop a grape or two in their mouth every once in a while and fan them with some palm leaves. Amen. But the people that are called of God are people with a servant's heart. They're not worried about being comfortable. They're worried about being saved. They're not worried about being comfortable. They're worried about reaching the lost. They're not worried about being comfortable. They're worried about their lost spouse, their lost child, and they're going to fast and they're going to pray no matter how uncomfortable it makes them. They will receive the truth challenge and they will move forward because of it he said you're wretched and you're poor you think you've got everything you need when you've got nothing that you need so John writes what God tells him to write says God speaking to the church and he says I counsel thee to put gold tried in the fire he said, your wealth is a wealth that will be burned away. Your wealth is a wealth that won't stand the, tri- the trials of the fire. He said, I-, I-, I counsel you. I challenge you. Let your gold be a gold that is refined in the fire. We don't like the fire, do we? We don't like the challenges. It's much easier to just lay at ease in Zion. It's much easier just to come to church and wait for the, the preacher to preach and, and the singers to sing. It's much easier just to sit back and relax and say, oh, I'm going to enjoy everything that's been prepared for me. But I've come to tell somebody today, I'm challenging this church. Amen. Get out of your comfort zone. Get up from where you're at and begin to worship God like you've never worshipped him. If we want revival, it's going to be meeting the challenge head on and saying, I will do what God challenges me to do. God knew that the only thing that would bring Laodicea out of their lukewarm state was a challenge. That's why he said that. Gold refined in a fire. I don't want any of that nasty gold that has all the impurities in it. If you want the impurities out of the gold... You don't just pull it out of the ground and it's pure. It has to go through the fire. He said, you think that you're, that, that you're loaded because you've got gold, but your gold is impure gold. I'm looking for refined gold. He said, so I challenge you. I'm going to send a trial. I'm going to send a test. Because it's gold that is refined by fire that leads to spiritual wealth. Paul made statements to the Philippians like, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul understood that every challenge moved him closer to where God wanted him to be. And that's why Paul accepted every challenge. That's why you can read about Paul's life and you'll see that he had it made. He, he was doing very well for himself. But you'll find that when he had a revelation of Jesus, 
when he began to develop a relationship with Jesus, the thing that made him comfortable no, no longer mattered. He was willing to be beaten. He was willing to be uh, uh, tortured. He was willing to be lost at sea. He was willing to be hungry. He was willing to be naked. Why? Because he said any challenge that comes from the Lord just pushes me closer to him. And whatever gets me closer to God is what I want to do. God's challenging, challenging this church forward. And it ain't going to be a brand new building that makes it happen. Amen. We can have the, we can have the greatest equipment. We can have the lights. We can have the media. We can have everything. We can put out Facebook Live. We can, we can do all kinds of stuff. We can have a beautiful brand new facility. But if it's not alive on the inside, we're just dying. We got to have people that are willing to step up to the challenge and say, I don't care what happens. I'm going to worship God. As long as there is a lost soul that needs saved, I'm going to go out and see if I can help them find who Jesus Christ is. We must be challenged forward. I'll keep moving. Paul tells Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art also called. See, the fight, the challenge, it's nothing new to us. Yeah, I get it. We've never had anything like COVID-19 hit us in our lifetime, not mine anyway. There's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new that some other Christian hasn't dealt with. Somebody else hasn't gone through. Some other generation has had it much worse off than we have had it. And yet there has always been a church. The church doesn't run from a challenge, not the real church. Now, you may lose a few on the way that don't want to be a part of the challenge. Amen. But there's always going to be some that say, no matter what, I'm going to make, make my mind up and I'm going to do what God calls me to do. I don't care what the challenge is. I don't care what it costs me. I am going to continue to serve. early church had challenges and it thrived as a matter of fact it was persecution that caused the church to spread out and begin to grow persecution has never been able to stop the real church persecution is what stops the church of Laodicea that wants to remain comfortable persecution is what stops the church that doesn't want to stir any spiritual feathers Persecution is what stops the church that really doesn't have its mind made up. They've just sitting back and they're taking it easy and they've got their legs crossed and they got their cold tea in their hand and they're sitting back saying, don't bother me with anything to stir up anything. I'll just coast along. But God said, I got a church that's going to be challenged and it's going to, re it's going to come up to that challenge and it's going to fulfill the challenge. Separating of chaff and wheat is what happens when challenges come our way. Some that won't stay when, when they're challenged. Challenged with what? Challenged with holiness. Challenged with moral living. Challenged with sound Bible doctrine. Everybody wants to get offended. You, everything's hate speech anymore. No, the truth is still the truth. You've got to stay in the word no matter what. 
It doesn't matter what cultural things say. It doesn't matter what society says. The ultimate word, the thing that we stand on must always remain the word of God. We must have the word of God. It's the only thing that's going to last. Everything else is going to dry up. Everything else is going to burn up. But the word of God shall remain. And if you're on that word of God, you're going to be all right. Amen. But it may take a challenge or two to get you there. You may have to lay down some things. You may have to submit to some things of God but I promise you if you'll submit to his word if you'll submit to his will if you'll step up to the challenge and meet it God will move you forward I saw a video not too long ago about some Navy SEAL training they call them BUDS BUDS training basic underwater demolition SEAL they have what they literally call hell week one of the men that was on the video said it, they call it that because that, that represents it very well. They put those recruits, those volunteers, those men that are trying to become Navy SEALs through a very difficult week. They do some things that, quite honestly, most human beings will never face. They challenge them physically. They challenge them Mentally, they push them. They have them do 1,000 sit-ups every day, 1,000 push-ups every day, 1,000 flutter kicks every day on top of everything else that they do. And they don't feed them very much and they deprive them of sleep and they just keep on pushing them. One of the instructors said, that they even push them to quit. Why would they do that? Why would the instructor go up and whisper in their ear? You would think, in, in my logical way of thinking, that if somebody was trying to become a Navy SEAL, that the instructor would come up when he saw one getting a little weak, and he would say, come on, you can do it. Come on, hang in there. You're almost there. We almost got you there. It ain't going to last much longer. They would try to encourage them, but that's not what they do. They'll go up and get right in their face and they say, why don't you quit? You can't make it. You're not, you've not got what it takes. Maybe you're not cut out for this. Why don't you just stop what you're doing right over here? We've got some nice warm food for you. We've got a nice warm bed for you. You can take a nice hot shower and this can all just go away. We can pretend like this never happened. And it doesn't take real long for a lot of those recruits to take them up on that offer. That's it. I'm done. But the reason that they're encouraged to go ahead and quit is because they're trying to wade the ones out that don't have the mental wherewithal to stay in the fight. Because when they get out there on their mission... You're not going to be able to have somebody on your right and on your left that you're wondering, can they do their job? Can they make it through? Are they going to be able to tolerate the pain? Are they going to be able to tolerate the pressure that's going to come along with trying to do the mission that they've been given? You're going to have your life in their hands. And so, honey, if you can't hack it right there in, 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 in training, then you're not going to be able to hack it out on the mission field.
They're looking for men whose minds are made up. Paul told the Corinthians, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. We're cast down, but not destroyed. Amen. He's trying to tell a church, listen, troubles are coming your way. Challenges you're going to face. There's going to be hard days. There's going to be dark days. There's going to be days where you lose. There's going to be days when you suffer. There's going to be days when you're in pain. But at the end of the day, you stay in the fight. Don't you give up. You step up to the challenge. There's going to be times when you wonder if you can make it. Don't you worry, honey. God is going to sweep in like a flood and he is going to carry you through. You just make up in your mind, I'm here to stay. I ain't going nowhere. Amen. I'm not going down. I'm going to stay in the fight until it's finished. No room to quit. But you do have an adversary that's whispering in your ear. Come on over here. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough living for God, isn't it? I bet you nobody told you that when you signed up. You went down that altar, you thought everything was going to be coming up daisies. You thought all your problems were over. You came down to the altar and the Holy Ghost uh, filled your heart and you were baptized in Jesus' name. You did everything. You went down and you felt so good. That was just day one. Nobody told you about the challenges you were going to have to face. Nobody told you about the loss you were going to have to suffer. Nobody told you about the pain you were going to have to endure. Why don't you just come on over here and we can make this all go away. All you got to do is walk away and say, I've had enough. And there'll be some that take him up on the offer. But there's others that just won't quit. And they'll keep fighting until they walk through heaven's door one day. Because they just don't know how to walk away from a challenge. There's a war that we're in. It's a spiritual, spiritual war. It's a war that must be won. And it won't be won by those who are that are relaxing, but it's going to be won by people that aren't afraid to be challenged forward. There's a story that I've used before. I'm going to use it again here today because it's so appropriate. About a man named Darby. It was back in the days of the Wild West Gold Rush. Darby wanted to along with his uncle, wanted to go out and see if they couldn't strike it rich like everybody else seemed to be doing. So Darby and his uncle went out west and made a claim and began the dig, and it wasn't real long before they struck a vein that looked extremely rich. So they covered it back up, and they went back home because it was going to take more than just a couple pickaxes and shovels to pulled this dirt out of the gold, and they began to get friends and family to invest in their venture. They got people to give them money so that they could buy the 
machinery that they needed to buy in order to dig the gold out of their find. And so they went back and they got investors that gave them money. They bought the machinery that they needed and they went back and they began to mine the gold out of the ground. And it looked like they had struck one of the richest finds of gold in history. They were well on their way to being multimillionaires to being able to pay back all their investors and then just begin the profit. The gold vein that they had found was so rich that all of a sudden one day they were mining that gold out and it just disappeared. There one moment, gone the next. They continued to dig, thinking they'd pick it up. Maybe there was a, a problem that if they just dug a little further, they could find it again. And they just kept digging and coming up with dirt. The gold was gone. They didn't want to give up, so they went as far as their money would take them until finally they just had to quit and defeat, and they took their machinery that their investors had given them money to buy, and they did the best they could. They took it over to a junk man, a local junk man there, and they sold it for just a few hundred dollars, and they went back home down, defeated. They, 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 had, had, they, they were broke and depressed, and after selling all their equipment, it just left them feeling terribly defeated. The junk man looked at that equipment. He said, hmm, I wonder. And so he knew that he had the equipment to dig gold out of a mine should he have a mine worth mining. And so he called up a mining expert. You see, Darby was no expert, neither was his uncle. They were just a couple of guys that had struck a vein of gold and were doing the best that they could with the knowledge that they had. But this junk man, who we don't even know his name, he got some good advice from an expert on the subject. He brought a mining expert in, and the mining expert looked at the mine. and he said, hmm, I don't believe that Darby and his uncle knew about fishers. And I don't mean brother and sister fishers. I'm talking about cracks in the earth. He began to research it and look around, and he came up to the best of his ability he said, I believe that if you will just move over here and begin to dig right here three foot over, that within a matter of a few feet, you're going to pick up that vein of gold again. That old junk man grabbed the machinery, began to dig, and just like the expert told him, three foot away, that gold vein picked back up, and he brought that machinery in, and he dug out what came to be one of the most one of the wealthiest ores of gold to be found in the old west gold rush mining days. Just three feet away. All because of a fault line. So close, yet so far away. As our music comes today, I don't want that to be our story. 
I don't want that to be the history of this church. They were doing so good. Do you remember when you'd go in there and everybody would cram in and they were shoulder to shoulder and people had to give up their seats when a visitor walked through the door? Do you remember the altar calls? I don't want it to all just become a memory. Do you remember the, how many people were baptized and how many people received the Holy Ghost? Do you remember the miracles that took place? Do you remember, amen, how fun it was talking about building and growing and how we were going to be uh, something that, that God was going to be able to use? Do you remember back when that happened? But we just missed it by that much. There's been a break over the past year, it feels like to me. There's been a disconnect. But that doesn't mean that the gold is very far away. God has not moved away from us. Would you stand with me today? I'm as tired as anybody here of the way things are. I'm as weary as anybody here. I want it to go back to normal just as quick as we possibly can. But the thing I'm more weary and the thing I'm more tired about than anything is getting comfortable with the way things are. sitting back and saying you know what yeah there's a few empty seats where people used to sit and we've lost this one we've lost that one they've not come back yet but you know financially we're doing okay I mean been kind of easy there's a lot of nights all we had to do is show up and teach to a camera teaching to an empty room might not be as easy as what you think it is We're the body of Christ. And a disjointed, disconnected body is no good. We need each other. I need you and you need me. But we all need him. And I can sit back and say, you know what? We've got every excuse to keep it low-key, to tone it down. Hey, I'm just going to tell you what I told several not too long ago. The, the thing that bothered me most about 2020 was not that we had to separate church services and separate some of our folks, you know, and, and make it a little easier. It wasn't the fact that we missed some church. It wasn't the, the fact that everything was seemed to be out of kilter. We had to, uh, we had to cancel some certain things where you, that we're used to doing. The thing that bothered me worse was for the first time, for the first time since I have pastored here, we had not a single person receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And if that doesn't bother us, it should. We've not been able to use the altars. Friend, an altar is wherever you make it. Everything's been different than change. 
I'm not trying to be harsh or ugly here. I'm just trying to say we can no longer afford to just make excuses about not stepping up to the challenge. Amen. If things don't change, we've got to figure out how to make it work. We've got to worship God right from where we're at. And if I've got to do that, then I'm going to worship God right where, right, right where I'm at. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to quit worshiping Him just because my circumstance is different. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. I wish you'd clap your hands one more time. Right here, right now. Come on, I need somebody that's not willing to sit back and take their ease in Zion. I need somebody that's willing to step up to the challenge right where you're at, right in the pew where you're sitting, and tell the devil, no more. No more taking it easy. No more playing it safe. I've come to worship the Lord, and I will receive what God wants me to receive. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. You can't reap where you haven't sown anything. God, help me. God, help me. Help me figure out a way to sow seed. Help me figure out a way to reach the lost. Help this church figure out a way to have explosive revivalistic services again. God, help us, Jesus, to stay in touch with you. God, don't let us sit back and be like Laodicea saying everything is going smooth. It's not as bad as I expected it to be. Oh, God, when you're calling your church to be a church full of power and a church full of anointing and a church that is on its way to revival, God, help us. Help us to receive the challenge and let it move us forward, not backwards. Let us be wheat and not chaff. Let us have substance, God. Let us have substance. I'm not saying that you're not in a place where you're digging in. It seems like all you're getting is dirt. I feel like that. I feel like, hey, we're doing everything we know to do. But I also feel like God saying, hey, if what you're doing isn't working, if what you're doing is just coming up with dirt, why don't you redirect just a little bit? I'm not that far away. You're not that far off. There's gold to be found. You just got to redirect a little bit. But whatever you do, don't stop digging. Because oftentimes the difference in success and defeat is just a few more shovelfuls of dirt in the right direction. It's a anybody in this place that will help me continue to dig until we strike God because I can't do this by myself I can't do this this is not the job for a handful this takes everybody this takes everybody moving forward this takes everybody grabbing a shovel I can't dig for you and you can't dig for me. You've got to have your own shovel here today, but you can sit right where you're at and feel defeated or you can come out and call upon the great expert that can redirect you to where he can be found. 
they begin to sing this song. I've opened this altar up before and had just a handful, and I know we can't all crowd in. But there's room for six or seven that would like to come. If you need this altar, it's open. I open this altar to you. Come and keep yourself separated best as you can. for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.